What's up, everybody? I'm Alex Lewis. And I'm Victoria Lewis. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of Keep, keep That, that same, same Energy, where we'll be discussing how to keep that same energy in your marriage, in your passions, and more. So much more. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Keep That Same Energy. Um, today, I have two of my brothers here with me, Cameron Rice and Jamal Tuck. How you fellas doing tonight? Doing good, man. Thank you for having awesome. me. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm blessed. I, I can't complain. I can't complain at all. Um, today, we're going to be talking about, um, from a man's perspective, you know, how, how we deal with lust, um, our past, and dealing with pornography, um, and how we're working to overcome it, and some actionable steps on how men can overcome it. And also, we're going to be talking about how pornography and lust affects your marriage. You guys ready to get into it? Yes, sir. All right. Let's get started. So, Cam, I'm start with you, man. Um, tell us how you got introduced to pornography. Um, how did you? Uh, when did you get? When did you start watching porn? So, um, my first experience would have to be I was about 12 years old, um, and I actually got introduced um, crazy by a family member of mine who I looked up to, and um, he introduced me when I was I think it was about 12 years old. Um, and it, it honestly had a pretty long stronghold on on me for I mean it really probably died I would say died down um around the age of about 21 and that's kind of how I got introduced at an early age um from a family member a close family member of mine gotcha Tuck what about you man uh yeah so I was introduced at an early age as well I want to say I was in a probably the fifth grade I I was uh spending the night at one of my friend's house and they had a computer in their room. And back then, having a computer in your room was not the norm. Um, not that I'm that old or anything, but it, it wasn't the norm for <laughs> children to have computers in their room. So they they opened a computer and it was like, man, look, let me, I want to, let's show you this website. I want to show you this website, right? So they showed me the website. It was a, a pornographic website. And um, at the time, I don't think I had ever seen anything to that extent as far as like uh, sexually. So it kind of, obviously as a child, you look at it and you're like, oh man, cool, this or whatever. But I just remember going home later, probably the next day and just like in my sleep, I could not sleep. I felt tormented. And I didn't, I didn't connect the two at the time until I got older, probably within the last two or three years, I realized like, that it was a spiritual attack. And I felt like from that point on, um, I didn't begin watching pornography at that moment. It was years later, it was in the eighth grade when I was uh, introduced again to it, that um, it started to become a part of my life. So probably around the fifth grade and then again uh, in the eighth grade when it became, I could say like an addiction. Gotcha. I know for me, um, I was introduced to it around the age of, I want to say 12 or 11, um, much like both of your stories, really. Um, I had a cousin, well, like Tuck's story, really, cousin who had a computer in his room. Like you said, it wasn't really that common back in the day. And so, you know, for us, that was during the time of like early, like LimeWire when that was out. And um, <clears throat> he used to just be downloading like a bunch of videos, movies, and obviously we're downloading music videos and things like that at that time. But one time I came over to his house he had a bunch of like pornographic videos he downloaded. And that was my first time ever really seeing all that stuff. 
um, especially like having that access. Obviously, before that, I had a little bit of um, a little bit of access to it just because I and this is funny to tell, but I used to like stay up late and watch like the HBO channel at my, mom, <laughs> at my, at my house. But the thing uh, is, uh, the ETN cut. Yeah, that too, but not but not really much about that. I'm I'm actually mean the HBO channel because like back then, you know, we only had like 82 channels at my house, and that channel my mom didn't buy. So the crazy thing is like I was like using my imagination because like that's back in the day like if you didn't have a channel like it was still there, but it was like fuzzed out. But you can hear it if you got the sound on. So yeah. like I was sitting there trying to like imagine as the waves moving around. Like man, that was a nipple right there. You know, man, yeah, all right, you know, I'm, I come wilding, but. You know, like the first time, but when I, you know, obviously that was the first time I really got to see it like up front. Like it's crystal clear, like, you know, everything's there. And so that for me, like really opened my mind <clears throat> to pornography and, you know, just to have it so readily available. And now obviously, you know, with technology being the way it is now, we have our phones and having the internet right on your phone. So obviously it's really readily available then. But back then, like it was, you know, the more of a, I hate to put it this way, but more of a hustle and bustle. Like I had, you know, had to get it from his house, have a line where I put it on a device, bring it back to my house. Or if I was in college, if I'm in high school, they used to like sell or let you borrow. We would just, I guess, float like DVDs and stuff like that. You bring it home and, you know, things like that. So, um, but that was my first time really getting um, introduced to it was um, my cousin introduced it to me through that like line wire experience. Um, so, like, for each of you, I guess we can start with Tuck this time. Um, since you said you said you knew it was a problem, but, like, when did you really know? Um, you said you, you had that first encounter, you knew it was, like, an issue. But when did you really know, like, I guess once you got into it, um, that it was something that you needed to change? When did you first get convicted? Oh, man. Um, I probably didn't have my first conviction. Like, obviously, you know anything that you have to do in a pri- in private or anything that you have to hide, you obviously have a level of conviction about it. Cause if you didn't, you wouldn't hide it. But I guess I could say my, my own personal conviction where I just was disgusted with myself probably didn't come until probably, man, probably in college or probably after college. It probably wasn't until I graduated undergrad um, I graduated undergrad in December 2014, and then um, my now wife, then girlfriend, she just asked me, like, when was the last time you watched pornography? And that was the first time I had ever been confronted about it. Obviously, I knew it was wrong, but it wasn't until that moment that I was like, okay, there was a level of accountability that I wasn't used to, and okay, this is maybe this is wrong. So we began to talk about it. We can't, we, you know, we, we went to scripture and that's when I really started to receive a heavier conviction because now not only is it something that I, that I've been, you know, doing in private for a while, but I actually have somebody asking me, you know, um, from a, from a good place, like, Hey, you know, when was the last time that you, you know, watch pornography or masturbated? And that, that it probably was at that moment. And I would say that was in, probably January 15th, February 2015, somewhere, uh, somewhere around that time. Right. And I definitely want to get into that later on as far as like your relationship accountability, because I know both of you guys went on a journey um, with your now wives, um, with your brides, as they say, on um, a journey of celibacy. And so I definitely mm-hmm. want to touch on that as well a bit later. Um, but Cameron, 
Um, when when did you first know and I guess get that conviction that you needed to change? Um, man, well, I would say the the very first time I was probably it was probably my junior going into my senior year. I mean, kind of similar to to Tuck is more of like the accountability. I had gotten my first is my first small group. Um, and I guess we the first day we just kind of just let it all out, let our laundry out. Um, as far as like what we were dealing with. And that was at that point, and to the point, it, it was so crazy how like I could watch it day in and day out and just wasn't like, obviously I was sneaking to do it still, but I wasn't, it wasn't bothering me. And then once we started to get into word, um, I started to have that accountability. It became like a, man, this is really something that I know I shouldn't be doing. And I think even, I'm, I know we're going to get to this later, but I didn't realize like, the repercussions it could play on later on down the road, being married or even in a relationship. Um, but I think I would probably say my going into my senior year was when I really, really, really was like, man, this, I got to change. And that's obviously how me and Tuck, well, we knew each other, but that's how we really started to get really close was kind of starting to have these conversations. He was walking with me the entire time and having somebody even talk to even about it. Cause there's a lot of shame when you, you know, you confess that you're doing something, but that doesn't mean that it's going to just overnight, just go away. or You're just not going to have, you're not going to watch it again. So I think that was like the big thing for me was having somebody to continue to walk with me, continue to like, Hey man, I fell short today. Um, and then the, as that continued to grow that relationship, obviously with Christ more importantly, but then also with Tuck and then the people that was in my group, um, things started to become a little bit, easier i should say um along that route gotcha no for for me as well honestly i think when i first uh felt i didn't i didn't really get conviction during my time of early use um of pornography um when i was a child like during my from 12 to 23 ish years um just because it was my outlet i wasn't really having sex i wasn't having sex um, I did have oral sex, you know, during that time span, but I wasn't really sexually active. Like I was, I was heavily into pornography on a daily basis, like Cameron said, um, sneaking to do it, obviously, because my mom had no idea. But you know, at the same time, <clears throat> I didn't really get convicted until I was in college, similar to Tuck. Um, and I think the reason I got convicted because I was getting closer to God, and also I started to see examples about people that were dealing with it and people that were having issues in their marriages or issues and situations. I remember reading or watching a video online about Terry Crews being very open about his story and how um, he was, you know, potentially going to lose his marriage if he didn't overcome or deal with his pornography addiction. That was like the first person I, I remember saving that on Facebook. Um, it was the first person I remember seeing um, online that was openly talking about it because for me, you know, I always thought like porn was, was my thing. And it was like, I was the only one dealing with it. And it was something that never would impact my marriage or never impact nothing like that. Or it was something that, you know, only I could deal with because it was my private problem. But yeah. once I started seeing other people like Terry Crews, you know, come public with it as well as Cameron, um, when you came public with your story, and I think I saw it on my Facebook timeline, still got it saved to this day. When you gave your testimony, like for me, that was like a real eye opener because now, you know, Terry Crews is a, a star, you know, that's completely yeah. different than, you know, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, this is like somebody that's relatable. So now when I saw somebody that's relatable to me, that was uh -huh. going through the same thing that can give, 
you know, real actionable steps of how to combat this thing and work towards, you know, overcoming. Um, that was the inspiration to me. I was like, okay, there's light at the end of this tunnel. I'm, I'm not fighting this alone. <laughs> so, um, that was, uh, that was big for me. Man, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, but it just shows, you know, you know, one person's obedience can like really open the floodgates for, for so many people, you know? Sure. I think, so, I think it's so, it's so funny how, because even growing up, like there was times that I was caught, like my, my parents caught me, you know, I'm using a computer. They obviously know how to use a computer better than I do. And they caught, like, they caught me going to the websites. I've been caught in the act, but yet there was no, you know, it was just kind of like, I guess it was like, oh, he's just a boy being a boy type of mentality. Yep, boys being boys, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like that boys being boys type of mentality. So even, even then I knew that it was wrong and I didn't want to disappoint my parents, but more, I guess, that just shows one, the addiction Two, it's just like, okay, well, I don't have an example. I don't have anybody telling me one way or the other. I don't have anybody kind of giving me wisdom about it. So, and then you, I mean, you're young and you you know, you're basically not mature enough in your faith and mature enough in your walk to kind of walk through that. Well, really, I don't think at any point you'll ever mature enough to walk through it alone, but especially at that time, if you don't, like you said, have an example, or have somebody to help you initiate, you know, walking, you know, in purity. It's like, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know, I think that's a big thing. And that's a good transition into like my next question as far as, you know, when you grow up, I think, you know, our parents are so heavily like, I guess, invested in you just being a man because you're a boy because, you know, this is just the fellas corner having this conversation. So it's mm-hmm. like you be, they're so heavily invested in you being a man that when they find out something like this, it's more like, OK, as long as you watching a man having a sex with a woman, like you straight. But because, you know, like like Tuck said, I've been caught before, too. So um, but, but I, what I want to touch on is I think what would be more fruitful or what would have been more fruitful is like, obviously I, I didn't want to get in trouble for it when I got caught. So I appreciate that. But at the yeah. same time, what I would have also appreciated was, you know, you put me on game or the ramifications of what would come from this, like mm-hmm. in the future. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to ask you guys, and I guess we could start with Cameron this time. Like what, what are some of the things you wish, you know, your parents or your grandparents or anybody would have told you, before you started with pornography that you know now? Well, I think even, but I kind of want to backtrack a little bit before I answer, but like, I think it's such a, it's such a closet, like sinful thing that a lot of people don't talk about it, that a lot of people are dealing with it. Like married people that I know, guys who are in relationships. So I think that you don't, and you can really honestly carry it into your marriage without like, I mean, there obviously we're men and we, we have like there's it's not like our wives are around us 24. I mean, they are around us probably 22 hours out of the day. But if you want to <laughs> still watch it when you're married, like it's not like you can't just find a way to do it. But I think that that's something that people should talk about more often before they get married. But I think one of the biggest things to answer the question, I would say going into marriage, like actually dealing with it when you have porn, it's literally instant gratification. Like you have this false reality of like, man, I can watch porn at any time. That means I can pretty much have sex with my wife at any time. Like when I want it, I can have it. And whereas the reality of, and I've talked to both of you about this before, is like, it is not like that. Like, it's not like, 
hey, babe, I'm feeling hot right now. Let's go into bed. And if she says no, you know, some people who may be dealing with it, like, well, shoot, I got to find a way to get it done. Like, I got to find a way to get this off. And I'm just being, you know, I guess I could say uh, blunt with it. But I think that's just the truth of you have to learn how to, honestly, a fruit of the spirit, have self-control when you can't have that gratification or when you're not able to, you know, that that's one thing that it really can, I guess, hurt you going into marriage because you can't always have what you want when you want it. But being able to have access to the internet, being able to have access to a porn site, like gives you that opportunity that at any moment, any day, any time of the day, I can always have this gratification if I'm searching for it or if I want it or if I need it. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then even what you see, man, on those, like that stuff is, it is really like a false fantasy and, and, and it's not true intimacy of what you really are like getting in a marriage in, in sexual encounter with your wife, obviously. Yeah. So it's a, it's a false thing. I, I would say for sure. Right. You know, I definitely agree. You know, I know for me personally, I know like, I think really for all men, like we can all agree, like when you really get deep into pornography, like we get kind of lost in like the search engine of a porn site. And I think in that search engine where you have what you're looking for there is is really kind of, I guess, really the root of the problem in my eyes, because you're searching for a certain um, body parts, you're searching for big big butts you're searching for big breasts you're searching for um certain skin type women search certain um genders um and things of that nature and i think where you where you get lost in that and and what i wish somebody would have told me is is that you can't like Cameron said it's really a false sense of reality you know if you if you married somebody that does not fit the description of what you're constantly looking at or what you've constantly been looking at for years on your you know pornographic journey like you're setting yourself up for failure because obviously, you know, if your whole sexual history from a porn standpoint has been tied to a certain type of person, you know, once you get married, if they don't fit that mold, you know, you're going to constantly have and have to deal with certain, you know, dissatisfactions, unmet expectations and things of that nature. You know, I know for me personally, you know, I have had to deal with, times in my marriage and times even in my relationship because we dated for six years before we got married where you know I had to deal with my inner demons before we kind of had to communicate it of you know her not living up to those false realities or false expectations that I had for her and it wasn't her fault because she's beautiful and you know and she's great you know as a person she looks wonderful but at the same time you know if you have this built up for eight, 10 years of, man, I want this light-skinned woman with long hair. I'm looking up Latino women and they got to be built this certain way. Like you're building this false prism that you're boxing yourself into. And so I think I, I really wish, you know, my pops or my granddad or anybody else that dealt with this in their own way, whether it be magazines or um, whatever way they dealt with porn back then would have told me that, you know, having these different fetishes per se, um, it's going to be unhealthy for you in the future. So that's my, what about you, Tuck? Uh, no, I a hundred percent agree uh, with what both of you said. I, I believe that it creates a false reality. And one thing that I wish that my father would have done with me, could even, I believe that they, he could have told me, Hey, you know, 
this, that, and the third. But I think more importantly, I'm just sitting here thinking as you guys are talking, if he just would have like prayed with me, you know, like opened up a door to where I knew yeah. where my help came from, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I think we can talk through things sometimes. But I mean, when it comes to like addictions and it comes to things like that, sometimes like taking action won't isn't quite enough. It'll only get you so far. And I think that's proven even, you know, and even when, you know, when I started to, you know, earnestly try to uh, basically get over my pornography addiction and, and defeat that demon that it, it, it didn't matter if I blocked myself out from all the music I listened to, if I blocked myself out from going on Instagram, this is before the Explore page, if I blocked myself out from doing all these things, yeah, I could go to sleep and still have a dream about um, sexual, like sexual activity, right? And be stimulated in my dream. So that just shows you that it doesn't matter like the steps that you take if you already spent countless amount of hours, God knows how many hours we've spent watching this over our lifespan, that you've downloaded those things into your head. And I think that if my father would have created a place of prayer or something, or even, I think even initiating a conversation um, would have been beneficial in itself. But one thing I could say is I know now if, if one thing could have changed, it probably would have been somebody to pray with me, you know what I'm saying? So I could one, learn to understand the, the, the power of prayer and two, that I had a refuge when like the things that I was doing day to day to combat it, the boundaries that I was building, wasn't quite holding up strong enough. That makes sense. No, no, no. I definitely agree. A hundred percent. Tuck. I think that's powerful. Like I definitely agree. I wish somebody would have been there to, you know, pray with me and give me that godly counsel. I'm going to be honest with y'all, man. When I was going through this initially, especially in college, just similar to you guys' story. Like I know my wife was big on like helping get me back um, in the right direction. Um, she was the first person that introduced me to, you know, the thought of celibacy um, and things of that nature. But obviously, um, when we struggle with that heavily, and I think mostly, honestly, it was because of my um, addiction to pornography and obviously how that translated over to like what Cameron was talking about to where I really wanted to have sex when I wanted to have sex. And when she came back from um, this conference called Pinky Promise Conference, who are now pastors uh, run every year, Heather and Cornelius Lindsay, um, at the time, and I used to hate them so much <laughs> back in the day. But like when when they, she came back from that and wanted to kind of be celibate and wanted me to stop watching pornography, that was the first time I really ran into that wall of conviction. Because I'm like, dang, somebody I love is now trying to hold me accountable to this. Somebody is trying to pray with me to make this stop or make this go away or make me, you know, go through actionable steps. Because like like you said, Tuck, no matter the actionable steps I tried to take to stop or to overcome i always failed and that was something i learned that you really can't do it by yourself like you need somebody to hold you accountable but i'm gonna be real you guys like the demons that were built up inside of me over the years those lustful demons like they weren't trying to have it so like it's 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 only by grace of god that me and 
you know, Victoria really made it to this point because during that season, like I was being attacked heavily that like, no, she ain't the one for you. She was the one for you. She wouldn't take the, you know, take the box away from you right now. She's been giving it to you. Like it's just like, it's, it's gotta be something else. Like she ain't trying yeah, to get right. close to the Lord. She just don't want you no more. She wants somebody else. So like, I was yeah. like getting beat up heavily in the brain. Cause I'm just like, what's like, what's going on? Like we were just, we had sex last week before you left. Now you came back from the conference. Now you talking about you don't want me no more. Like what's, what's the deal? Just flipped the script on you, man. <laughs> completely flipped the script, found, found God. And I'm just like, this is not, this is not okay. <laughs> so, you know, and I was trying to honestly seek like worldly counsel and trying to find out like, is this okay? And people were telling me like, no, she can't flip the script on you like that. And, you know, but ultimately like I'm, I'm thankful, you know, that I really found godly counsel in that. And ultimately really it was a struggle with like went with her throughout that process of still working towards, you know, being better in that area. Yeah, no, I, I, my, my situation is very, very similar to that. Christina came in one day is after I graduated undergrad. Um, we had been sexually active uh, at that point as well. And she was just like, you know, I think that uh, we should practice purity. And I was like, you know, okay, that that sounds good. Like, where's this coming from, though? Like, that sounds real good, but are can we really do that? Like, is that even a thing? Like, I don't even know when we're going to get married, so how is that even going to work, you know? Uh, and I yeah. think, not to go off script, but I think that has a lot to do, one, like you said, with culture and, like, what the world gives us. And that's, that's like, one of the biggest influences of pornography. Like, the world basically says that it's okay. So when the world says that it's okay and it's so heavily pushed in our culture, that makes it even harder for us, to, especially as men, to overcome it, you know, because it's everywhere, you know, no, and like you said, if you don't have somebody that you that can hold you accountable or even agrees with you to say, you know what, that it's not right, you know, or that it's a sin or whatever, it's like, where do you find that? You know, if everybody agrees with what you're doing, then why why do you not do that? Like, why? How could you stop? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, no, so, I, yeah, I, I agree. Know. I agree 100. Talk. I mean, for me, I know like even like I'm so proud of myself for my growth because like when you think about like quarantine, what we're going through right now with the <laughs> coronavirus, like bro, if I was isolated like this, like when I was weaker, like bro, I'd be I'd be watching so much porn right now because I'm like by myself, I'm idle minded. I ain't got nothing going on except for work, yeah. obviously. But I mean, the majority of my time is being spent like at the crib, like I'm alone yeah. or yeah. I'm with my wife or I'm isolated from her. So like during these times, like this is when I was like heavily attacked. And so yeah. like you were like, kind of talking about earlier, like I had to really um, figure out what my triggers were. And before that, I had to figure out that I had triggers because yeah. at first I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, trying to accept the fact that I had triggers. So like you said earlier, like I had to realize like, okay, like I can't really, maybe I can't, I shouldn't listen to certain music because maybe that triggers like some lustful things inside of me that make me want to watch porn. But that really wasn't it. So I was like, okay, yeah. so what is it? Like um, maybe it's the type of stuff I watch on TV and I realize, yes, that is a part of my problem because I'm watching, when I see certain things, certain actions on TV and it can be the most like, it can be PG-13 type of yeah. stuff you're watching. But in my in my head, it's taking me to, oh, this scene you watched two weeks ago, yeah, and, you yeah. know, like now, or two years ago, whatever it is. And now you're like, okay, you need to go watch that. Um, or 
when I'm like you said, like, since Instagram came out, if I'm on Instagram or if I'm scrolling, like it takes you to that place of like, man, you need to go back to that instant gratification because like what you just saw, it like it unlocks something in your brain to say, yeah. go back here. You can have it right now. And that's so crazy to think about. But like literally, like that's something I had to like guard up against, you know, because you know, when I was, when we were in college, as both of you guys know, like I was heavily into photography and, you know, a lot of people thought like, I just wanted to take pictures. These like, I can't think of how to say the word right now, but these like provocative type of photos, because I just like being around naked women, but that wasn't really the case. I was just like more creative that wanted to, you know, show women that you can be creative and I can still respect your body. But at the same time, like I, had to realize like dude you have a pornography addiction yeah. <laughs> like this is not fruitful for you to be able to overcome that if you're seeing these women now, i obviously at the same time i was not like i've never tried any of those women i never like did anything like out of character that was um to set myself back because i was with victoria throughout the entirety of that time but at the same time i realized how that could have been a slippery slope and so that's why, you know, as time went on, I progressively like stepped away from that arena because I realized it wasn't beneficial to my journey of what I was trying to do, which is obviously, you know, overcome it. So, yeah, man, it's that stuff is real, dog. So, so how, so for Cam, how did, did, did how, if anything, did faith help you uh, in your journey? Well, I think our, our stories are a little different because by the time I met her, um, I had been, I was celibate for two years at that time. Um, so it was kind of a, but I will say this one thing that she did that I had never seen before in a female, like ever when we were together, like she was just very respectful of me, my eyes, my eyelids. Like she never wore, she didn't show anything, bro. Like, I mean, I probably could only see her ankle. That was about the only thing I could see, like, in the top of her neck. Other than that, it just wasn't like she was very respectful and wasn't wearing anything that would cause me to slide down that slope or if we ever went anywhere. Like, even when she came to Troy to visit, we would always sit on separate couches, which I used to always think was the weirdest thing. But, I mean, it was the truth and it was the best best solution for a long-time thing as we dated for about a year um, before we got married, but she definitely helped me with that and continued to pray. Um, and even like while we were dating, because I don't, I don't want people to feel like, Oh man, you know, you beat it, but it, it's still, you still have those times when you think about watching it and I would let her know, but just being able to have that safe place of like, Hey, if for some reason I'm feeling isolated and like, I don't want to give into this. So we get on the phone and pray, um, throughout the time when we were dating. Um, and still, I mean, like we always still pray together today but i think those are the ways that she helped me um during that journey i would say on the final stretch headed home into marriage um, because i know when y'all were both in relationships and i wasn't at the time when like i decided to go on this journey i think the last i, I may have shared this but i think even with men don't when that conviction hits man it's serious like it really is um and i didn't have like a girlfriend at the time when we went down this road, I remember calling Tuck like, hey, man, I think I'm going to, you know, give this thing a try. And <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy road, but it definitely was worth it um, all the way until the end. So I think that's how my wife helped me. And then I'm, I'm just 
reflecting on y'all saying how y'all had girlfriends. I'm like, man, well, I was chilling by myself. <laughs> how did uh, how did how did your your <laughs> look at me fumbling on my words? How did uh, your previous dealings with pornography? How has it affected your marriage, if at all, Cam? I would say, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning, was just like this. I wanted to this instant gratification of like, oh man, you know, you get married now, I can have, especially like coming from no sex at all to giving me this react false reality of like, I can have it when I want to, I can get it when I want to. And I think that's another thing, you know, maybe we could talk about later is like, even people talking about sex in marriage, like when you're married, because I don't think that's a conversation that people talk about, like discussing it. I mean, it is two people coming together who've had two totally different backgrounds sexually. And I guess we just expect when they come together, it's supposed to just, Hey, you know, and especially if one has a background in, in pornography and one doesn't where, you know, you're expecting these certain things that you've seen on, you know, a video or on the internet and you get into marriage and you're like, Hey, you ain't doing the things that I saw on this video. And then that becomes a very slippery slope for you um, down the road. But I think that's probably the biggest thing since when I obviously at the beginning part of our marriage was like, I was used to having that instant gratification and then you get married and it's not that it's definitely not that. Um, it, it's, that's not how, marriage, I would say, is you can't just have it when you want to. I mean, you can. Some people can. But <laughs> I think that's kind of the thing that I kind of confused me going in was like I thought I could have it at any time, any day, whereas, you know, you can watch porn at any time in any day. Right. Tuck, what about you? Um, I think it, it kind of, for, for me, it kind of goes back to like creating that that false reality and I kind of look at it like this as you were talking I was just thinking in the sense of if I'm in a if I'm married as I as we all are if I'm married and we're supposed to enter into this covenant you know and, and on our on our hunt on our marriage night we you know we seal the covenant with sex and then from that point on one person is watching porn so I'm watching porn you know occasionally or whatever whatever I feel like you're doing a disservice to your partner because now you're on two different playing fields because you entered into this covenant and we're supposed to grow together in this covenant. We're supposed to experience things together in this covenant. But now my mind has been taken elsewhere sexually. So now I'm coming back into this, uh, the reality with this false narrative or this uh, false reality of what a covenant actually is and what this marriage actually really is what what our sexual relationship actually is and i think we can do things that may be one like competitive in nature like men are competitive in nature so we can try to compete to like uh make our woman climax at a certain or you know do this i'm gonna do this and it kind of it it undermines our our wives like what is my wife really like? What is she really interested in? And if I'm only looking at pornography and, and saying, okay, well, this girl is interested in this and this makes her do this, but I'm not taking the time to intimately and understand my wife and understand how uniquely herself that she is and, and, and what turns her on and things like that, 
you're, I think we're doing a disservice. So I think pornography can create one, a, a, a false reality of, of life and of marriage and of uh, sex, uh, sex in marriage. But two, I think it, it does a disservice to our sexual intimacy in our marriage because we're running, we're playing on two different fields. If that makes sense. You're almost like, it's almost like, it's like cheating, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going over here to experience this and I'm coming back into our bed. And I feel that, I mean, obviously yeah, that's wrong. It is but cheating, it, tough. <laughs> exactly. It, exactly. You know, um, because it, it's the, I think the Bible says, if you've even thought of such, you've sinned against the, or something to that. Don't let me quote the scripture and get it wrong. But um, that's what lust is. That's what, you know, that, that's sinful. So I think that it creates a, it can create tension unknowingly within the bedroom that can lead to other places in your marriage and kind of plant, plant seeds, uh, deadly seeds, I believe. No, I definitely agree. You know, I think in our marriage, you know, just to kind of piggyback on some of the things you said, I know I've, and I told Cameron this, I've had some slip ups since I've been, since we've been married. Um, as far as just, you know, when that's how I think it's affected us as well, affected me and my marriage as well, just because, you know, obviously when you're with somebody and you're married, um, it's not, and we will talk about, you know, marital sex here in a second, but, you know, for me, I think when you get into that covenant and you're married and you have that false sense of reality and you're horny and you want it and your wife doesn't, um, I think if you have that that uh that urge and you want to and she, and she just disappoints you in that sense you know and you have had that previous experience and experiences with porn you're going to want to run to pornography and yeah. the devil's going to attack you super hard because he's going to say okay this is your time this is my time to shine because she don't want you right now yeah and so um you know i've had those moments because i've been frustrated because she's on a period or because she's you know um, not interested at the moment or she's focused, she's busy. She's had a long, she's had a long day and she just doesn't have the energy. Um, and I, you know, felt bad. I came back, you know, came back in the room, came to bed. She asked me what happened. I told her and like, she, like you just said, she told me, she said, I felt like you cheated on me and we've had the discussion and that's come from, you know, growth, even from my situation, because at the time as Cameron knows, like I'm still trying to over, I still have been overcoming. Like that was after like a year of not watching porn or like what, mm-hmm. cause like leading to our marriage, like I was clean, like I was good. But like yeah. when we got married, I came in thinking like, okay, we're married now. So I'm finna get it all the time. Like it's not <laughs> like whenever I want it. But now when that didn't happen, it was like, I just ran right back to my crutch. Um, I just think the other thing that I know is affecting my marriage and I'd be interested to hear whether it's affected yours as well. But I know for me, a big issue has come down to just, you know, my penis really getting used to, to me, you know, pleasing, pleasing myself. Um, over just getting used to having sexual intercourse. Um, and that's affected, you know, myself, my enjoyment of sex and, and things of that nature. And that's really impacted a lot because, you know, you, when you're having sex, when you, especially when you're married, you're trying to make love, like you want to really both be truly invested in what's going on. And so like for me mentally, it's been something where I've had to like make sure that I kind of turn off what I used to have to do because like, it's almost like a trigger in my brain. Like if I'm looking at a phone, I feel like I'm more, I used to be more into like having sex because I was so used to watching pornography. And so mm-hmm. I've had to really like tap out of that and tap into the real world and understand that like 
no, no, nigga, excuse me, but no, nigga, like you should be enjoying like the actual act with your wife. And so mm-hmm. I, I said, I'd have to say, like, for everybody listening, like, to know, like, that, like, this pornography stuff is real. And, like, for me to not even, in certain moments, not enjoy the actual act of sex as much as watching pornography to me, still, and it's me, it's my story, but it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's baffling. So, like, I think, you know, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you go ahead, Cam, go ahead. I, I was thinking about what you both said, and I think, um, Faith shared this with me one time when it comes to in reference to cheating because I mean I've even talked with guys that I know and they're you know watching porn in their marriage and they're saying well man at least I'm not you know stepping out or you know I'm not with an actual woman but I think one of the things that if you really want to simplify cheating and when she said this to me I really didn't think about it this way but it's literally doing something that you wouldn't do in front of like your partner like I you would never watch porn in front of your wife Honestly, you probably wouldn't, you know, be with yourself, for lack of better words, like in front of your wife. Like, those are just things that when she said it, just to make it simple, like I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's actually pretty accurate. So, you know, even for the people who are listening, you know, we may try to because, you know, when you're in CM Inc., you try to justify everything that you do or, well, you know, I'm not doing this. At least I'm not doing that. But I mean, essentially, it kind of it really is cheating if you're sitting there you know, watching another woman and your wife's not around and you're having to sneak and do it because if, I mean, if you were having an intimate relationship with another woman, you would have to sneak to do that. But it's, yeah. it's almost essentially the same thing, except one is a little bit more accessible and you probably don't have to sneak as much because it's on your phone and you could probably put some headphones in. I mean, it, but those are things that we just kind of sometimes try to justify like, well, it could be worse, but I mean, Hey, that's a that's already a slippery slope, you know, watching it. But let's say y'all get in an argument and you leave the house. Next thing you know, you're meeting some chick at Walmart. And, you know, stuff like that really happens, man, that it's not just a movie type stuff. Like it really becomes a the one little small deposit. And then next thing you know, you're in a whole affair and you you have no idea how you got here. So didn't mean to go on a rant, but I just really thought about that just to simplify like cheating is really doing something that you wouldn't normally do in front of your partner or girlfriend or wife, whichever one. So hopefully that, that makes sense. No, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I think that's good. Um, So like what for you guys, and Tuck, I guess we can start with you. Like what, what is merit? What, what's, what's, in marital sex have you learned is different than what you expected versus like what you had going into it if that makes Um, sense (laughs) no yeah no it makes sense um what so i guess it's like kind of like what you said and i guess kind of like what everybody thinks you go into going to um marriage and and marital counseling a a common question that i'm sure most marital counselors ask is how often do you expect to have sex, you know, in a, you know, a week? Like what, how, what, how often do you plan to have sex, you know? And the man goes in and the man is like, shoot, probably 14 times a week, you know? And then the, the woman may say, well, maybe like four, four or five or, or vice versa. Or you both may say, yeah, we agree on, yeah, we'll probably have sex like two times a day. Um, but the reality is, um, one, it ain't that much time in a day 
too, like when you working and you're doing things, so I think just like understanding like, okay, when I'm on, she may not be on, but like even just the simple act of like asking, like I don't think that in the whole time where, you know, most people have been sexually active, do they like ask their partner, like, you know, do you want to have sex tonight? Or like, can we have sex? You know, it seems weird. And it's not, I'm not saying that I do that because I still find it weird. But I think that that's a thing that can be necessary, you know, to kind of gauge instead of like rolling over and like, you know, getting straight rejected or something. And then feeling like, hold on, how's she going to reject me? Especially if you have a history with like pornography and still, and maybe rejection triggers that for you. Uh, I think open dialogue and marriage. I think open dialogue, and it's uncomfortable because it's not, we were never taught that at all that sex was made for marriage and sex is good in marriage and and it's okay to ask your partner in marriage for sex. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think so much of how society has groomed us growing up that sex is okay, sex is okay, sex is okay, but also knowing that sex is not okay outside of a marriage and how we, even in porn, like, it, it just creates this weird reality that's not actual reality that when you get in, in marriage, you kind of guard yourself from things that you probably don't have to guard yourself from. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do I, how do I take advantage of, how do I take advantage of opportunities to dialogue with my wife uh, about sex? Like, how do I not feel awkward saying, okay, you know, what do you like about when we have sex? What do you not like, you know, and not feeling a sense of rejection or not feeling a sense of like, oh man, she coming for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, she said, I, you know, I only last this longer or, you know, or, you know, this is not doing it for her because I've seen it in porn and, you know, I, or maybe even I've done it in the past with other people, whatever it may be, that's not your reality in your marriage. So creating your reality with your wife is completely different than, you know, maybe the experiences that you've had through pornography or whatever it may be. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is like being comfortable with my wife, having talks about sex or 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 figuring out okay what does she like you know um and being okay when she says i don't like that and you like dang but that's my thing like that that ain't never failed me but it's like yeah i really ain't feeling that okay how do i respond to that you know what i'm saying so i think that in marriage i think that's that's critical at least for me in my marriage no, I definitely agree with you, Tuck. I, I think like what you hit on earlier about asking, you know, my wife has phrased it differently, but it's more so like, you know, what she's asked for from me is intimacy. So mm-hmm. like, you know, as far as like in the past, and I'm gonna let Cameron talk about this too, because me and him have had these conversations privately, but like in, in, in talking about really being much more intimate, you know, with your wife, um, as far as like just doing the little things, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the little small things every week or every day, or just making sure that she feels beautiful. She feels powerful. She feels special. She feels like she's the one because, you know, those are the things now that's going to get your wife to want to, um, to want to have sex, to want to be in the mood, to want to be attracted to you working out and all that other kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Because like, you know, like for me, you know, again, when I, when we got married, I was thinking like, you know, you know, now that we're married, you know, I felt like I can kind of take a little bit more of a backseat of than what I was did what what I did going in because like both both of y'all know like when we, when we was in college and um 
and even before and even like when we got out of college like i've been doing my thing as far as trying to like keep a smile on her face doing these special things to make her happy but when we got married i was like man let me pull this back a little bit because i feel like you know you know i did a lot of the stuff like leading into this so i mean i mean i don't think i gotta do as much to keep you per se and i think that was a mistake and something i learned and she just told me like you know as far as intimacy goes like it's important to get her in the mood as far as you know um for marital sex um and it's, a, it's a, one of the key things that i'm still constantly learning and going through because i think those small things is what is what makes it not be so mundane not so repetitive um it makes her and our attraction for each other you know stay constant and stay there and you know it's something that she's required of me and that you know i appreciate but at first i didn't because it was like you know, I'm gonna let Cameron talk about this, but like for me, I was just like, dang, like you throwing something else at me, like you throwing me another curveball. But in reality, like God kind of chastised me. It was like, no, son, like she's just wanting, like it's nothing wrong with her wanting better from you. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the main things I had to learn in marriage because I used to be somebody that just used to love to like argue with my wife and not necessarily like argue like we just like at at, at our at each other's heads. It's just because mm-hmm. I used to like have intellectual debates and I used to love and I still love to be right. And so yeah. I had to learn that like that's not really necessary sometimes and to really open up and listen to my wife and hear what she's saying. And when she says things like that, to be open to trying it and seeing like the good in what she's asking for and not trying to see it as, oh, she's just trying to add something else for you to do or just move the goal line once again. Because like I said, we're not perfect. We don't go into marriage thinking we shouldn't go into marriage thinking that we're perfect or that we're complete. Uh, we're, we're all works in progress and working towards being better human beings and better for our partners. And so that's something that I had to constantly and still are constantly working towards, you know, being better at it. That's being intimate, you know, with my wife, because, you know, going into it, like I said, I, I felt like I didn't have to do that. And, you know, when you're in the world, like I'm going to let Cameron jump in right here, but when you're in the world, I don't feel like you have to do as much work. You know, when you go over, you, you get the call, you get the text, you just show up, you do what you got to do, and you either stay or you leave. It's mm-hmm. not a situation where you got to warm the pot up. The pot should have already been warm before I got here. <laughs> and so that's like a, a different transition. Um, Cam, I know you and I have talked about that separately, so I want you to jump in here and talk about how, I guess, intimacy changed for you in marriage. Absolutely. I mean, I think you you kind of hit it um, right on the head because, you know, prior to meeting my wife, like there never was. I honestly, and I remember calling you and like saying, like, I had no idea, like what intimacy was, never experienced it. It was more like a, hey, I'm going to pull up, you know, you know, you already know what time it is. I, I get in, get out. You know, it wasn't like a, I got to set the mood, you know, all the, it's not that type of thing. No acts of service, no physical touch throughout the day, none of that. And I think one of the biggest things um, that I think that I've learned, even in when it comes to marital sex and leading up into that was, I know if I'll share like my personal story of like, even when I first got married, you know, you think that, and I've only been married 10 months, but it's been, a, it's, it seems like it's been longer than that. But it's like I got married and I was like, okay, I've made it. So, you know, now, you know, I don't have to do as much as I've done to get here. And then next thing you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to start doing stuff. Like I found out where her love language was. She liked words of affirmation, you know, things like that. But I remember my heart posture towards that was like, all right, I'm going to do this so I can get some later. Or like, let me do this so I can do that, you know, later on, da 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 And then I remember like literally having to pray to God, like, God, you know, 
can you please like just restore a new heart in me that I'm just doing this just because I love my wife. And if I don't get anything out of it, like I just want to see a smile on her face and I want to continue to grow as a husband. Whereas, you know, there's this preconceived notion, you know, especially as a man, like we can have it at any time. So it's like, all right, I'm married, you know, my wife, I just need to do something here and there. And, you know, we'll just have sex whenever. But I think over time, as God continued to, you know, restore my heart and change it in the right direction, like I just love doing stuff for my wife now just because hanging up stuff and not because I'm going to get anything out of it, but more of that's just who we're supposed to be, you know, us as followers of Christ anyways to serve, but also more importantly to serve our wives through that. But then it, it, it's, I feel like there's levels to it. So, you know, yeah, even with, Instagram shout outs, what would you be trying to do? Man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get that, the, put my husband cape on, man. I'm going to start a little thing for everybody. But I think that that's something that's important is like having, you know, not getting frustrated with it with like, man, well, you know, you've done the card thing three times, you know, try to switch it up. But I, I think as a husband, you should never get complacent in serving and pleasing your wife. And that, and when I say pleasing, I don't even mean just sexually. I mean, emotionally, spiritually helping them. Like you just should never get complacent and feel like, okay, I'm doing this already. So if they do, you know, and I guess we're all so competitive that if she said something, don't, and it's, it's kind of hard to say this in an easy way, but like, you know, let it challenge you. Let it be like, okay, well, maybe she is saying something that I need to think a little bit more on because I had done the same thing four times bought some sunflowers, put them on the, uh, on the table. She came home she was like, all right, you know, after about the third time, she's like, you're going to try something new. And I didn't take, at first I took it offensive, but it was like, man, you really are predictable, man. Like you, you really need to switch it up a little bit. But I think that false reality, the way I was living before, I never had to do any of that. Like I never had to do any of that to, I never even tried to, cause I didn't feel like I had to, to get to where I guess the end goal, I guess in that sense, of what I was trying to get to then. But now it's like, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy trying to please my wife in every single way that I can possible. So I think even as husbands taking it now, it's like, man, we should allow that to challenge us, allow it to let us grow and prune us into becoming better men. Um, Because I think one thing about marriage, I will say, and I, I live by this is how you do anything is how you do everything. So I feel like how you treat your wife you know, can essentially turn over into another area of your life, whether it's if you're treating her, you know, and approaching it with excellence, you can take that into your workplace, you know, whether it's serving in a church. So I think if we all had that mindset of like, man, you know, if we attack the gym, I mean, if we attack our marriage and pleasing our wife, like we do the weight room, as we should, you know, then maybe things will change a little bit different, you know, when it comes to that. So hopefully I'm not rambling too much, but I really started thinking about that because, you know, when you go into a weight room, like you're trying to get better, you're trying to get stronger week by week by week. And then you come home and it's like, oh, I'm going to just give this lackadaisical effort, you know, to my marriage, or I'm going to do just enough to get to my, I guess, the goal that I'm trying to get to versus you don't take that same energy in reference to this podcast. You don't keep the same energy going into your marriage as you do in other areas of your life. So Hopefully that answers the question. No, I definitely, I agree, I agree with all the points you make, uh, Cam, and um, I definitely think that that answered the question. Um, for me, um, I wanted to really move into 
kind of what you were just alluding to of, of how um, each one of us feel that we are working towards kind of keeping that same energy in our marriages um, to um, be with our wife to overcome and continue to work towards overcoming pornography and overcoming our uh, former addictions uh, to lust and uh, all the outlets that we have to it because it doesn't just um, include pornography sites it includes um, you know it could be Instagram it could be Facebook like who knows what it is a Twitter for some people because Twitter is the only one where you can obviously have porn on the actual social media site so who knows where you're accessing it from where you're getting your lust from you know how you're managing that how are you uh, working towards what, what do you take pride in keep that same energy um, in your marriage and, and kind of put her first and give her everything um, I'll go first on this one and I mean for me I think Prince Donnell said it best he was talking about how you know, the stronger men has learned how to really control his sex drive. Um, I think that's something that I have definitely um, tried to take pride in um, as far as trying to figure out a way <clears throat> to control, you know, uh, as uh, making Good's husband calls the dog um, inside of me. Um, for me, it's, it's something like when I'm able to overcome, like me and my wife have this thing where like if I'm at home by myself or if I tell her like I had a rough time um, or where I was tested and felt like I wanted to watch porn or felt like I wanted to like fall into lust or something like that, like we, we celebrate that. Like that's a big deal in our household because she knows that's something that I'm dealing with. Like I'm, I'm tackling, like, like uh, Cam said a few minutes ago, like I'm in the gym with this. Like I'm working towards like trying to really master this boy because I don't, I don't want to deal with like porn for the rest of my life. I don't want to leave my son out here to think like his daddy can't my future son. Cause I ain't got no kids right now. Shout out to mm-hmm. tough. Cause he got a kid on the way. But like for me, like I don't, I don't want my son or my daughter to think like their dad can't, you know, overcome something as simple. It is simple as porn. Like, cause you know, at the end of the day for me, I, I had to come to understand like, this is a choice. Like you're giving into your sexual demons. Like, the less demon wants you to watch this, but at the end of the day, you got a choice to say yes. And so for me, like I, I'm constantly like making a choice. I'm constantly what I'm calling the gym to say, you know what? I'm not going to watch porn today. I'm not going to go on Instagram and hit the explore page. I'm not going to go to these model pages and, and look at them and compare them to my wife or compare them to this, that, and the third. Like I'm not doing that because I had to understand, like I have to have control of my sexual drive. Like I would not let my sexual drive control me and, and determine what, you know, how I'm going to live, what I'm going to do and ultimately affect my marriage. Like it's already, my past mistakes have already affected me enough. So I had to learn from it and kind of take control of it, take the wheel here and and master this boy. So that like, when I have kids, when I have a son, when I have a daughter, like this is what I can tell them so that they can have the keys and the actionable steps, you know, to be able to, um, work towards mastering this as well. And that's not to say I'm not perfect. Obviously, you know, this has had effects on me and my wife and our marriage and my sex life and me personally and my mental and how I deal with lust and things of that nature. But I mean, I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. You know, I'm making progress towards it. I got a relationship with God, you know, me and him pray about this. I pray about this every day. So, um, you know, for me, how I'm trying to keep that same energy in my marriage and in my household and for my family, my future family is just really, um, really going to the gym and really trying to like work out that that mental muscle of trying to like be strong and not continue to fall uh, to pornography and to lust. Um, Tuck, you go next, bro. How do you keep that same energy with your wife? Yeah, man. I I, I think it's the way that it, it's affected me 
personally is um, when we decided to practice purity in our relate in our relationship before we got married. I think we practiced for like three years, um, and that helped me to like build an understanding of what sex meant. It also helped me to like build boundaries, um, and it helped me to just grow closer to Christ because, like you said, like I love the analogy of the gym, even though we know Cam ain't in there like that. Um, I love the analogy. Of, <laughs> I love the analogy of the gym because um, if you you go to the gym the first day, you ain't never been in there. You're gonna look around. You're not really gonna know how to do things. You know, you, you're not gonna be as strong. You're not gonna be. You know, you may struggle to lift a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But you were there, right? But once you create a level of consistency going to the gym, then you get stronger. Then you know you're you get more confident. You know what I'm saying? You put a little more weight on there, and you're able to be secure and going to the gym and being okay. You know, facing these trials and these tribulations. You know what I'm saying? And overcoming those things. But one important mm-hmm. thing is like you can't stop going to the gym. So like you can't. You can't let down those 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 bear those uh, boundaries. You can't let your guard down. You know, I think that um, it's important for us, even me, and I speak for myself. Like, I can't let my guard down, and I know that now. You know, it's mm. it's not going to. It may get a little easier, but it's. Ne- I don't think it's ever going to necessarily be a moment where it's like boom, guard let down, because that's when the enemy can sleep back in and take a yep. hold of your mind. You know, so like you say, like praying intensely, you know, intensely, um, profusely, um, you know, having an open communication with your wife. And I think that's beautiful, man. I think that being able to have a conversation with your with your wife or your significant other about something like that, it doesn't happen often. So like that, I, like, I love that. Um, with friends, like we're having now, you know, I'm sure people have never even told people that they watch porn or, you know, openly discussed it. Um, I think that we have to continue to keep up these boundaries and continue to pray and continue to know, like, okay, I know that God will deliver me from this and it won't even be a thing anymore. Not saying I'm going to take down these boundaries, but I know that that I won't be tested the same way I'm tested anymore. Or if I am tested that way, I know that he will provide me a way out, you know what I'm saying? Because I believe, I have hope, I have faith that he will provide me a escape. I'll be truthful truthful with you when I was in college when I was in grad school after uh, me and Christina had started our, uh, our faith walk together our purity journey like I would ask Christ in moments of where I felt like lust coming upon me where I wanted to watch porn or masturbate I would I would ask Christ please give me you know just allow me a way out like your word says provide me a way out and my phone would ring I've told I've told Cam this like Christina would call me or she would text me or something like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, Lord, I, I, although I meant that, I ain't really mean that. Like, I ain't know you was going to answer it that way. But I think that just shows his sovereignty and that shows like how close he is with us and how um, he will answer our prayers or he will answer our calls or he, he's standing there with us. He knows what we go through and he, um, and not to make this overly spiritual or anything like that, but, I think that that is important, even in marriage, like to be able to say, Christ, I know you'll you'll allow you'll give me a way out of this. And I think he do. He does answer in those ways. 100 percent. Cam, what about you, bro? Let me make sure I'm answering the right question, because <laughs> you all had really good points. 
So just run it back to me one more time. No, so basically I just I just want to know like from your perspective, like how are you, you know, working towards keeping that same energy in your marriage, working towards staying accountable um to your wife as far as your your walk in overcoming pornography and whether that be, you know, through communication, like Tuck said, or through, you know, making sure holding yourself accountable or through your relationship with Christ and you know, no matter what that is, what does that look like for you? Man, I think one of the the biggest things that I've done um, constantly, obviously, is prayer, just day in and day out. Because even with with COVID going on right now, like I'm at home a lot by myself, and I'm constantly in prayer. Um, and and I think one thing that that Tuck said that I've always thought about is just never letting that guard down, man. Like never. One of the biggest things I think that helped me along the journey. You know, I remember praying about this and I remember sharing this with some friends of mine. It's like I had an I have an iPhone and like just setting even those boundaries on my phone to where this is the craziest thing. But I always share this. It's like I remember one of the guys that was in my wedding. Um, he has the password. So like I have like a restriction on my phone, so I can't go to any like anything that's an adult website. I remember even the other day, it's so strict that like my wife was trying to show me a TikTok video and I guess it had some girl in it and it wouldn't even let me watch it. Like it was, it was crazy. But like, those are one of the things he has the password basically. So even if I wanted to access something like I can't, unless I text him and be like, Hey bro, I'm trying to watch something, you know, uh, <laughs> can you give me the password? But I think, um, obviously prayer is the biggest thing and then having that boundary in place, um, as well. And then I think even controlling my eye gates, on Instagram, you know, if I even see somebody, and this is really harsh, but I feel like I have to do it. If I even see like a female that I've known that even if she doesn't normally post anything that's like provocative or whether it's in a bathing suit, like I immediately unfollow them. It doesn't matter who it is. And I don't even click the explore page. Like I don't even, I, I try to keep my eyes away from that. And, and even social media in general, I mean, I'm not saying that Facebook doesn't have crazy stuff. But I just try to protect myself as much as I can and keep an open line of communication between um, obviously Tuck and then you and then even some other guys that I keep in touch with um, that I've allowed myself to just continue to really stay in the gym, continue to keep those boundaries up and just being consistent. And it doesn't I'm not perfect and it's not like those thoughts don't ever creep back in, but I just try to. I try to acknowledge them in a sense of not being naive. They're like, oh, you know, this isn't no big deal. But usually I'll I'll hit one of y'all up or somebody else that I've been holding me accountable and say, hey, man, I'm kind of dealing with this today. And that way we can either pray together or just tell them to pray for me. Um, because I think as men, man, we really have to be vulnerable in this. Um, as far as even sharing what we're dealing with, and I know there's, there can be shame. Um, which really I don't think is of God, but I think it's just one of those things that we just, I don't want to share with a guy that I'm struggling with this, but it's the reality. Like, I mean, we're fleshly beings and you may get steered that way, but I think holding, having that group, um, continuing to obviously stay in his word and stay on your face, I think are two very important things that I've been doing to keep my same energy throughout that, throughout this process. No, I agree 100%, Cam. And I, th I agree with all the points Tuck made as well. I, I think, you know, for, for all three of us, it sounds like the important things 
um, for keeping that same energy in your marriage and in your walk with overcoming pornography is simply comes down to community. Um, it comes down to communication, whether it be with, with that community or with your partner, or um, it sounds like just actionable, taking actionable steps um, to, you know, stay in a constant, stay in God's face constantly and um, stay in prayer with him and, and taking steps on your own as well, uh, practically to like Cam did to, to have somebody hold him accountable directly. Um, you know, because like you said, man, it's, it could be definitely tough. And I know for me, you know, like since I've been, since I've stopped watching porn, I know I've been getting attacked in other ways as far as lust goes. Like I've had, um, you know, different dreams about people, and it's just weird because I wake up and, you know, that's where communication comes down to be key because I can just wake up and, and wake, roll over. And, you know, what you just said, Cam, is important. I think before I say that, I want to say that I think if you're if you're listening to this and you're dealing with pornography and you're not talking about it because you are shameful or because you just think somebody's going to judge you because you're listening. I mean, not because you're listening, but because you, you're dealing with that and you don't want to share it. I think that's the worst thing you could do is keep it to yourself. I think the best thing that you could possibly do is find somebody to hold you accountable, find somebody to share it with that will, that you think will be able to help you or walk you in the right journey. Somebody that's a believer and somebody that's going to give you, pray with you and give you the right, the right steps to take. Because honestly, like I said, without that communication, man, I think you, you, you're giving the devil a play plan to really let thoughts foster. Because as I go mm-hmm. back to my story, like if, you know, when I have certain dreams about other women and I wake up in the morning and, and God, you know, and I'm faced with a, with a test where the devil says, no, you better not tell her. You don't know how she's going to react. And, you know, and Jesus told me like, tell your wife what happened. Mm-hmm. And so like, if, and if I, and if you don't, you know, you're just opening up the door for, you know, who God knows what by just kind of letting that, holding that in, letting it foster. Like say, for example, if you're, you know, as, as a married person, I'm not going to say names because I don't want nobody to know who I'm talking about. But, you know, if you're if you having dreams about somebody, one of your wife's friends randomly, and obviously you don't have any kind of sexual attraction to them that you know of. But now that you're not watching pornography, now that you're not trying to stimulate that off Instagram or any, any other ways, the devil has to try to find a way to attack you because he wants to get you back. And so, you know, if I'm not somebody that's going to communicate that to my wife, then he's going to manipulate that in my brain over and over and over again. So the next yeah. time I'm around that person, if it's not addressed, if it's not communicated, that's a problem, you know, because now I might want to take actionable steps to pursue the dream or to see if it's yeah. mutual or to see, you know, what's there because it hasn't been addressed in the proper way. And, and I think, you know, like I said, like I said before, I think that's where, you know, for me, if anybody's listening, like if you want to take actionable steps to overcome it, I think number one, the first thing you need to do is to find community and find somebody to talk to us about. Because I know for me growing up, like that was one of the hardest things. I didn't think anybody could relate to my story. So I didn't feel like, I felt like it was shame associated with it. And I didn't think it was anybody I could go to and talk about it because they wouldn't understand what I was going through. But, you know, as I got around community, when I saw Cameron going through the same thing, and I found out Tuck was going through the same thing. I was like, man, this is crazy. Because honestly, you know, Tuck, I used to think you was like perfect, man. When I found out y'all was like being celibate and all that, I was like, what? Like, it's like he was dealing with porn. Like, this man had a whole, like, they were celibate for until they got married. Like, that is wild to me. He was dealing with pornography and still did that. Like, that's crazy. So, like, you know, when you're able to find, like, 
these relatable stories, I think it helps you so much more because then you start to get like, when you go to the gym, now you can say, okay, I, I got posters on the wall now. I got people that did this, yeah. or that are still working towards it. So now I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not the only one. And then like, you know, I, I just feel like that helps, you know, so much, you know, throughout your process. I don't know if either of you got something to add to that, yeah. but I just, I just feel like I need to say that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think that's the big thing is like, there are so many people who are dealing with the same stuff, but you'll never know if you never share it. Like if you never share it with somebody else, but I think it's just so encouraging, man. It, it reminds me of like, and I, I'm an Auburn football guy, but either regardless, I mean, even whatever football, but, like, I just think the more that you share, it's kind of like that picture of like when the football team and they're all locked arms and they're coming out, like, Having that community, man, like even when those teams are together, like it's like nothing can break through that. Nobody can break through that protection. And obviously I think that if, if you continue, and I'm not saying you should share your struggles with every single person, but obviously people that you trust um, that can pray for you, man. I, I think that somebody who can actually pray with you is is more, I would say not necessarily more important, but they can give you actionable steps to get out of it and, and obviously pray with you, talk to God about it versus, you know, if I just call my homeboy and he like, well, somebody that we don't really walk the same way. He's like, man, you know, that ain't no big deal, bro. Like we all do this. So I think even selecting who is important too is just the actionable step. Um, but I'm not saying that we're any better than anybody, but I'm just, I'm, I'm saying for me personally, it, I feel like I need to be somebody who can help me get through it, you know, versus like, man, well, yeah, we are going through the same thing, but there really was nothing, like there was no fruit, nothing changed from what was happening. So go ahead, Chuck, my bad. No, 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 I agree. What I was going to say was, um, disclaimer, I am not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, obviously, no, no, neither one of us are perfect. And I think, obviously, that's the beauty of the gospel. But um, like, personally, I feel that you know, I don't want it to paint a picture like, okay, yeah, I'm perfect. You know, I, I, me and my wife practice us to see, you know what I'm saying? We talked about pornography, like it's not as pretty as it sounds. You know what I'm saying? Of course, uh, being, being able to speak on it now and having the freedom to talk about it now is beautiful, you know, but it's, it was a tough road. Like it wasn't that when we practice purity, the fact that we, we didn't just practice purity and from day one to, to marriage was it perfect and we never failed. Like we failed, you know what I'm saying? We slipped up, like we had sex, but to be able to get back, you know, when you fall off the wagon to get back on, you know what I'm saying? With prayer. Um, and just like any other thing, like when you fail, if you get back into it, like you, you become stronger, you know what I'm saying? Your, your faith will become stronger. Your, your hope will become stronger. And like, it, it helps you trucking along. Same thing with the pornography journey. Like it's a journey. And I, I think that's one of the things I want people to understand that there's not a moment in time where you say, you know what, I'm convicted and I'm going to fight this. And then boom, like you're, you're, you're good. You know, it's not, like you said, like there's still, you'll be attacked in every different way because the enemy has found a way to use sex and all of his goodness for his evil. And he's, he's very manipulative. He's very creative with how he does it. So um, that's why I think it's important to keep your guard up because it's a journey. Like it doesn't, there's, it doesn't stop at marriage. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't stop. Like, and I think that's the whole point of this podcast. Like it doesn't stop at marriage and 
it's continued journey. So I just say that as a disclaimer, like, look, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. And that's not what the point of this is. But I think the point of it is what actionable steps have we taken? What have we realized about ourselves? What has this journey taught us about ourselves? And for me, you know, it's taught me that, you know, I'm sinful and I need Christ. Like that's, that's just as simple as it is. I need him to even make it from to morning to, to evening, you know? And I think that's just kind of what, you know, how I feel about, um, about this. I just appreciate, you know, this platform in general, you know, so people can see like, yeah, we, we post a nice Instagram pictures, you know, and all that, but it's not all like my, my father-in-law told me when I asked him for my, his wife, his hand in my, in marriage, um, for his daughter's hand in marriage or whatever, his approval, he was like, I'm be honest with you, like every day is not going to be peaches and cream. And it's not, every day is not peaches and cream, but there is another day to come. And I think that's what the most important and the best part about it is. Right. No, Tuck, I agree a hundred percent, man. And then, you know, for, for, for me and for Victoria, you know, we definitely take this platform, this podcast serious, man. You know, keeping that same energy is like you said, it's not just about marriage. It's about in, in your daily walks with life. And, and we know in marriage, what we've learned is that, you know, we're a mirror for each other as far as areas that we need to grow in, you know, since we've been married, you know, those things that, you know, through marriage that we both uncovered about each other that it was like, dang, we didn't even know that was there. Or we didn't know that was like as serious as it as it is, you know, as far as something that I'm dealing with. So, you know, with that being said, you know, this is a platform that we want to truly utilize to be honest, to be raw, to be transparent um, and to tell stories so that people relatable stories so that people know that you're not alone. You're not yeah. the only one dealing with this. You're not the only one you know, that that's had, that's fallen. You're not the only one that's working towards being better. You know, there are other, and for all the guys listening to this, you know, there are other men that are dealing with the same things that you have been through, that you're going through. Um, and we're still all working to overcome and we're welcome to, you know, you know, come to us and, you know, join the group to hold each other accountable, honestly. So, I mean, I definitely appreciate both of you, you know, coming on the podcast and um, I look forward to, you know, hearing the other side of this story, hearing what Christina, hearing what Victoria, hearing what Faith had to say when they give their account um, as far as, you know, their dealings with pornography and dealing with us while we're dealing with pornography and um, and how and lust and things of that nature and how it's affected the marriages from their perspective. I think it's just going to be interesting to hear, you know, it's our first time kind of doing an all-male segment and an all-female segment. So I just, I'm very interested to hear how this is going to turn out and hear what both sides sound like. Uh, once it all is, is final and done. But, um, you know, if you guys got anything else you want to add, you want to give to, you know, the audience um, as like your final say, um, I'll let Cam go first. Okay. Um, well, ma'am, first I want to say hats off to you. Um, it really is a true honor to even be here. Um, I know you can have a lot of other people on this podcast, um, even asking me to be here. It's, it's a pleasure I mean, I've truly enjoyed the conversation and I, I'm not going to do the whole rapper shout out, but I do think I do want to be, be an example um, and say that because I've had guys who've reached out to me that I've never met a day in my life that may ask questions. So I think even if we're not friends on Facebook or Instagram, um, that if you have any questions in regards to this, whether it's reaching out to Alex or reaching out to Tuck. Um, I know my Instagram ham handle is I am Cam Rice, and I think Facebook is just Camera Rice. But um, my door is always open. You know, regardless if we don't know each other, I'm not gonna judge you, brother. I've, I've been 
been down this road and, and obviously I've talked to people I don't know. So once again, if you are listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we brought some value um, and God bless. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of mimic the same thing, man. I appreciate this platform that you guys have created. Um, I think it's, it's well overdue, you know, um, and I think you guys are the perfect people to do it, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen, I mean, I, I, me and Alex, I met Alex, it was your freshman year, it was my sophomore year of college, and I, at that moment, like, I knew, I knew, I was like, man, this, this dude is different, you know what I'm saying? I could see your heart even in that time where maybe my eyes weren't even focused in the right direction, you know? And I'm sure you've seen, you've seen the same in me, like, when you met me, Jay Tuck back then ain't the same one that you know now. Um, and I just thank God for that, that transformation, one in you as well as in myself. The same thing with Cam. So I just appreciate you guys for creating uh, a platform where, you know, we can, you know, we can discuss everyday things and you can kind of debunk the myths of, I guess you could say, society of our culture, uh, or especially of, of people that of our age. Um, I do want to leave with one thing, and this especially on the end of the, sense of like the talk of pornography and one scripture that helped me um get through it and I've shared it with Cam before but it was something that I would speak to myself when I felt tempted and it's first Corinthians 10 it says no temptation regardless of its source has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance but God is faithful to his word he is compassionate and trustworthy and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Man, and I think that that, that speaks exactly to, um, you know, pornography and, and the temptations that we face. Like in the midst of it, we there's a way out. Christ has uh, provided us a way out and on the other side of that is joy so man like I said I appreciate I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to be on here with you all no problem man like I said I definitely appreciate both of you you know, for being on this podcast like I mentioned to both of you you know prior to this man you two are people that I definitely look up to um, in this arena, even though, you know, Cameron is the rookie in the marriage game at the moment, um, that I really enjoy, um, you know, his, both of you guys' transformations and, and as far as like, you know, where you were when I met you, um, into the men of God that you are now, um, as well as mine, you know, it's just, it's something that's like you said, truly beautiful. And I, I really think, you know, platforms like this need to exist just simply because, you know, for me, man, I'm always striving to be and to do things that put me in a position to be the man that I was looking for when I was younger, you know, um, because, you know, I needed these kind of examples to, to give me these answers, to give me the playbook so that I can be successful in my marriage, successful in my business, successful in life. And so, you know, I want to be able to, you know, have, you know, be a godly example for people um, out here that are looking for one and even people that aren't looking for one that just, just like what they see from me and Victoria um, so that, you know, we can hopefully lead them through our actions to, to, to God. And, you know, that's something that we are striving to do on a daily basis and definitely something that we're looking to do with this platform. But 
thank you guys again for coming on and um i definitely will look forward to hearing part two with the ladies and hearing what they have to say um and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode to keep that same energy um and hope you guys provide hope that we provided value to you in this episode and gave you actionable steps uh to overcome and how to deal with lust and pornography uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again see you guys next time be blessed